98.1 FM, The Way. Current events. Personal values. Political and social issues. Technology. Wars and tensions. Join us for the next hour to discuss and learn how the things happening in our world today point to God's prophetic word as signs of the times. While Israel is looking to a cashless society, Russia is looking at Israel, but not for their currency. The world's banks are looking at a cashless society, too. And Pope Francis may be looking at retirement, the second pope to do so. We've got a lot to look at as we explore the signs of the times, our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news for Friday, August 5th, 2022. And like a caterpillar in a cocoon that becomes a beautiful butterfly, this broadcast will become beautiful podcast 227. Aw. Ah, isn't that nice? And is available through Apple, iHeartRadio, Spotify, (laughs) Stitcher, or Google, or just cut out the middleman altogether and download the WayMedia app or hit us up at thewaymedia.net where you can also read the articles from this show or ask Pastor Mark a prophecy question. And now here to be our Rod Serling to the world's twilight zone <laughs> is Pastor Mark, who recently asked seven billionaires what's the secret to their success? And they all said the same thing. How did you get in our mansion? <laughs> okay, well that's not bad, but the the other question is how many of our young people are saying, Who's Rod Serling? <laughs> yes, that's true. That's all right. I know. Yeah, how did that's, One joke just creates another problem. It does. It does. But anyway. I mean, but I want to, you know, I, maybe, maybe, you know, get, hang out with billionaires. Who knows? You catch knows? the crumbs that fall from the table. That's right. <laughs> Speaking of problems, this is very interesting. I wanted to share this on this day. Uh, the question is, what would driving be like without any signs or traffic lights? Drivers in the early 1900s experienced the chaos and danger of unregulated roads, resulting in the first electric traffic signal being installed on this day in 1914 in Cleveland. Wow. But and people see, still ignore traffic signals. Yeah, but signals. here's something. I know exactly what it's like to, to ride with somebody who pays no attention to traffic signals. My wife. Just ride with my wife. <laughs> no, no kidding. No kidding. She She's funny because now she, of course, of course, stop signs and red lights. And all. But like, you know, when you go in the parking lots and they have these stops or whatever and you know because the traffic flow and they ride it on the ground yes she's still shocked that i actually do that so i can't believe you actually stop where it says stop i can't believe you do that i'm like <laughs> okay you know that's why we have uh insurance right so i take your wife's out of town not listening to this program no, well right she's now. probably not listening okay. but she's in town okay. but that's all right so uh, she, all right she knows it's true so she's not going to say anything to me that's true <laughs> that's <laughs> The truth shall set you free. Yes, there you go. Or get you in trouble. Anyway, yeah. we've got a great listener question coming up later in our program. But first, let's go ahead and get into articles as we march on through the end times that the Bible describes for us. 
Uh, in Israel, this is from Israel 365 News, Pastor Mark, Israel moves closer to a cashless society following some latest legislation. Yeah, a new Israeli law goes into effect on Monday, prohibiting cash payments for over $1,700 Wow! Uh, in cash or bank checks for transactions between uh, a person and a business. The ceiling for transfers between private individuals will be $4,400 instead of the current amount of almost $14,000. Um, well, fourteen seven, so closer to 15000 The reason behind the new law was explained by Tamar Braca, who is in charge of executing the law on behalf of Israel's tax authority, and, and said this, We want the public to reduce the use of cash money. Braca said the goal is to reduce cash fluidity in the market, mainly, be- mainly because crime organizations tend to rely on cash. By limiting the use of it, criminal activity is, is much harder to carry out. Now, there's um, several things I want to say here. Number one, it seems like in all these end times days or end times things that the Bible talks about, Israel leads the way. I mean, here's Israel, supposed to be God's people. They're not yet. They will be when he pours his spirit out. But honestly, Greg, the Jews are some of the most deceived people on the planet, and they lead the way. They led the way in all the, whole, the whole COVID, COVID thing. Stuff, yes. Now they're leading the way in the cashless society. I mean, it's it's like... um. I don't, it's, 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 it's really hard to grasp. You know, they've gone so far away from God that there's no connection to God's spirit and yeah. understanding scripturally at all. Um, and remember, we've talked over the years, I used to say, and you probably remember me saying this 20, 30 years ago, um, you know, I, this whole thing about the cashless society, uh, you know, we've been saying that's going to be, that's coming. And we named all the reasons why it was so great. I said, the Antichrist is going to seem like everybody's hero because you take cash away, pretty much street robbery's gone. I mean, unless it's a phone or a ring or a watch, that can still happen. But if you take cash away, robbery drops automatically overnight. Just, I mean, robbery, just the crime rate drops dramatically. Physical robbery, but that doesn't mean that there won't be cyber robbery. Right, right. But you, you, yeah. you, you, know, you know, you can't beat up, yeah. you know, d- I know. Digital a coin or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> so Bitcoin, you can't beat it up. The point is, you're going to immediately reduce crime in the streets, okay? Um, and here's another big thing, and they didn't mention here. They said crime organizations, obviously, you're going to cut back on crime. But, Greg, one of the huge things that they salivate over right now is nobody can evade taxes. If you cannot mm. use cash, I mean, how many people today get paid, as they right. say, under the under table? The table yeah. yeah, and you can't do that. It's going to be, if you're going to get paid and be able to use it, everybody's going to know about it. It's tracked, which means 100% tax rate. So the governments are going to be, yes, now we got all these ta- this tax money. Listen, this bill they're passing right now that, that Manchin just agreed to and this whole big mess going on in Washington it, in the bill is to hire 80,000 more IRS workers to come uh, audit the middle class, you and I. There are 80,000 more people just to come audit us because they're trying to find more tax money. So this is something that to them, if you go cashless, they won't need the IRS agents. It's just going to be, here's the deal. And that's what you got to pay, and they'll just take it. I mean, it's just not even right. Gonna, yeah, yeah. So, so well, it's kind of like how it works with your paycheck. I yeah. mean, they're already deducting payroll taxes, right? Right. So e- either way, like today, I tried to go today for lunch, and I was going to go to uh, 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 Panera. I hate using credit cards. I just I don't like using them. Um, it's, I'm going to have to get over that. I realize I don't even have a debit card. I don't have one. I, I don't. I, I wouldn't even. I, somebody have to show me how to use it. I'm, I could figure it out very easy. I know. But I'll I just, explain it to you after the I show. I like cash. I like to know here's my spending. Boom, it's done. I, just, I always, I always have. Um, but what, I went there. I had to leave because they don't take cash. It was, it's all. They have machines set up on campus, and it's only digital. You can't oh, buy anything wow. without digital. So I'm like, I had to walk out. I had to leave. Wow. I could not go to eat at Panera today because, you know, they wouldn't take it anyway. Interesting. It's happening yeah. all around us. And again, you look at Israel. You're going, guys. You're the ones leading the way on this. 
such deception. And again, the Antichrist is probably going to be a part, at least part Jew yeah. anyway. Yeah. So they're going to be leading the way on this. It's shocking to me. Well, and I think what's interesting is that Absalom's sister was the spokesperson for this. That's right. That's right. Tamar. Tamar. Um, and so that's the first. That's the first time I've heard of a of a Jewish woman's name in modern times, right? Being Tamar, yeah, they, doesn't mean that it's not common, right? In just, Israel, I just got, never heard of it. Yeah, in Israel, they've got Tamars. Okay. Yeah, they do. Okay. They have pretty much every name over there, you know. Okay. Other than you know, of course, they're not going to care about Judas, Judas. but but they, don't, you know, they, don't, <laughs> they still wouldn't do it. Although they don't give much credence to the yeah. New Testament, but yeah, and I doubt they probably. There's probably no Vashtis. There could be. Mm. Uh, you know, it's interesting. Vashti is known as kind of the rebellious woman yes. of the Bible. Yeah. But I ran into somebody here in Knoxville. The girl had the name, name Vashti, and she was proud of it. She's like, "Yes, I got a great name. I love my name." I'm I'm like going, do you realize that that's you know like rebellion that against like authority and God? And anyway, but uh, yeah. enough said. Okay. Was that it? That's it. Yeah, okay, that, was abrupt, that was slam on the brakes abrupt. That's, that's my, okay. All my, right. my attacking names. So right. You, know, you got to be careful. Uh, well, this is from Arut Shiva. The way is being paid for the Hashemite kingdom of the Palestine plan. What what is that? Yeah, this is no this is really interesting. Let, yeah. let, let me let's let me read I got a tiny yeah. bit of it and then I'll t- we'll talk about it. Israelite Prime Minister um Yair Lapid uh, met with King Abdullah on the 27th of July and the negotiations announced shortly between Israel and Jordan to create note this Greg. Here's what really this is about. And I'll explain what all the Hashemite and all that is is a single territorial entity to, to develop a single territorial entity encompassing Jordan, Gaza, and parts of the West Bank, a Palestinian nation. Hmm. In other words, the Hashemite kingdom, um, that's Jordan. They're the Hashemites, Jordanians. Oh, okay. So uh, Israel has met with Jordan, and they've never been able to get this two-state solution because you've got all the tensions between the, the Arab groups and the Saudi, the, the Sunnis and the Shias and the Palestinians and everybody fighting and, and you know, uh, Muhammad Abbas and all yeah, that kind of stuff. yeah. So they kind of did this kind of thing like behind, I don't know if it's secret or it wasn't secret. It's been going on for a while, but Israel has been meeting with Jordan, which they're friends. Jordan and Israel yeah. are friends. They get along okay, right? Yeah. Not golfing buddies, but they get along okay. And, um, and so they've come up with a thing where they say, look, here's the territory that they've lined out saying this will be the territory. The Hashemite kingdom will oversee it because they oversee the Temple Mount right now. The Jordanians do. And so they say, even though it's in Israel territory, they oversee it. They have authority over it. Israel never took that from them. In 67, when they conquered Jerusalem, they kept the authority under the Hashemite kingdom, under the Jordanian kingdom. So they have this kind of connection there to this whole area, right? Mm-hmm. So they come in and say, all right, here's a region. We got this, at this region, that region, and that region. And the, and the Israelis, they don't balk at it because it's not, uh, the Palestinians trying to shove something down the throat or some other country from the outside that they're not friends with. And the Palestinians don't balk from it because at least it's not Israel and they're not trying to get what they want. And we're going with people like our own people kind of in Jordan. So it's this kind of like way where you kind of they can they can both talk and nobody gets really upset emotionally about it. And, okay, well, what is your plan? And they're putting together a two state solution, if you will, which, by the way, Joel 3, 2 says that's going to happen when God comes back to judge. He says, I'm going to judge you because you divided my land. Okay, so this, who knows, they haven't been able to do a two-state solution. Now, for the first time, it's possible the newly created entity designed by the Hashemite Kingdom of Palestine, together with Israel, will constitute uh, the elusive, previously unattainable, notice those words, elusive, Mm -hmm. uh, previously unattainable, two-state solution 
pursued by the mandate for Palestine, 1922. It gives a whole list of things. The Peel Commission, UN Resolution 181, Venice Declaration. All these are separated by 10, 15, 20 years. Oslo Accord, Saudi Peace Plan, Revised Saudi Peace Plan, Bush Roadmap, a Trump Peace Plan. And it goes everywhere from 1922 up to 2020, what I just said. All those were attempts to go to two-state. Yeah. All failed. Okay. Suddenly, this one is, this has gotten farther than any of them. And rather than big nations meeting and conferences and trying to force and we're going to do this. They're just, resolving it themselves. They're just sitting there going, like, look, why don't we just do yeah. it? Look, the Palestinians are already in the West Bank. They're already right here in this area. They're there. Why don't we just mark this off? There's your, there's your state. Okay. You guys stay here. Mark the, there's your state. That's what, and, and they're going, and everybody's kind of going, huh, hmm. huh. Now, it's going to be signed by the Antichrist. But here's the interesting thing, Greg. The foundation is suddenly in place. Yeah, this is very interesting. Well, that that was that was going to be my question. You know, with is this just another foundational issue, like we're talking about uh, the cashless society, right? That would lead to the mark of the beast, where cashless, in the sense that it's embedded in you, would no longer become an option, right? Because I believe prior to the Antichrist, things like that are going to be optional. They're happening, yeah, or they're going to be. You know, you're they're going to be strongly encouraged, but short of a penalty of death right that only the that's reserved for the antichrist exactly. to implement yes so my question is regarding this land deal because we know he's coming to bring peace to the temple mount which right. nobody else has been able to do right which means there's got to be an increase in strife on the temple mount and i gotta imagine if that happens how you know is the two state this two state solution, or is it they agreed to the two state solution, and now the Jews are like, "Hey, we want our our temple," yeah. and people are pushing back on that now that they've got their two state solution. I mean, well, you know, Greg, what do you something, think? Well, something just hit me. I'm glad you brought that up because something just hit me that I think is really cool. I hadn't even thought about this. Actually, opens up the door to not only have a two state solution, but even settle the issue on the Temple Mount. Why? Okay, you've always had other countries and Israel, other countries and Israel trying to get two-state solution. Everybody failed. Mm-hmm. Well, now you have the the owners, if you will, the, those who are in control of the Temple Mount. They're the ones leading the negotiation. What that means is, hey, we're the ones that control the Temple Mount. Now we got everybody to agree to these two territories. Why don't we just divide up the Temple Mount? We have control of that. It's under our authority. We'll give you guys that side. We'll give you guys that side. It's a done deal. This is the first time that's ever been a possibility. So the whole fact that Jordanians are involved in this, that they're, they're doing this, Greg, this makes it a thing where literally Jordan could decide tomorrow to divide the Temple Mount up, and they could just do that. Nobody, it doesn't have to be decided by nations, by fighting, by whatever, because they run it. They could just say, we're giving you your state, whatever. I think the Antichrist is going to come in and say, look, he probably work, maybe even work with this whole thing that's going underway and say, all right, let's divide these up. Why don't you guys just divide up the Temple Mount? You run it. You have control of it, Jordan. The Hashemite Kingdom, you're the ones that run it. Just give half to the Jews, half to Israel. This half right here, keep the Al-Aqsa Mosque. There's the Dome of the Rock. That's all yours. We build a wall right here, and then we give this part over here that's a big open area to the Jews to build their temple, and everybody's happy. I mean, this is the closest, most non-tension resolution to something like this in my lifetime. Yeah. And really, since they've been back in the land, I believe. Uh, definitely something that we're going to keep our eyes on, because yeah. this is this is central yeah. to... What the Bible says the Antichrist is going to be involved in, yeah. and that is dividing the land, bringing peace to the Temple Mount, yeah. all the things that have been really reserved for him, mm-hmm. so the judgment will be upon him as well. Yeah. Uh, 
But anyway, so yeah, I just I find wow. this very intriguing. I, I this is very very, and again, didn't even hit me until you start talking about it here about the whole fact that the whole Temple Mount issue that the 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 it's the, all tied in. It, well, yeah, you got the people now that have control of it are open to splitting things up, and everybody's open to them because they're brothers and like on the same team. And okay, well maybe yeah. you know. I mean, this is really. I, I mean, I just you could see how it could happen. How it will, I don't know, but this is very intriguing. Yeah, anything that has to do with the land and the Temple Mount are really prophetic barometers for us. Yeah. How close we are to some of these major prophetic milestones the Bible talks about. Yes, and the cool thing is, Greg, with this kind of setup, it could happen overnight. Yeah. So if the Antichrist comes on the scene, there wouldn't be some big, long negotiation. Yeah. He's already got the guys right there. The the team is already in place to make it happen. But I I don't know that... He's going to show up before the formation of the one world government. No, but I'm saying if this agreement is in place, yes, he just shows up and does it. It's not like, okay, yeah. I've got to show up and start negotiating. How can I get somebody to give up part of the Temple Mount? No, he walks in and goes, hey, you guys already have it. Here's the answer. Yeah, let's do it. Boom, we're done. Yeah, maybe, maybe there's an agreement to this in principle, but there's a lot of things that need to be rectified or resolved or taken care of or moved logistically resources you know because you're talking about you know a permanent division how are we going to control borders and you know all that kind of stuff right so it's like okay well we've it's it's kind of like you know here for those that aren't in this country uh, for those that are familiar with college football and you've got these teams that want to move from one conference to another but they sign the agreement but it's not for another three years right. but there's things there's issues in place yeah. that they need to work through before they get to that point yeah. that very well could be that now that would be that would be interesting it is, i mean who knows if they if they sign something and they announce something and they say and this will be effective yeah at this time. Well, until it's actually effective, yeah. we know it's not real. And the one that's going to make it effective, effective. is exactly. the Antichrist. That's right. So that'll be, wow. Headwinds. Okay. Headwinds. Headwinds. Yeah, Headwinds. we always talk yeah. about it. Yeah. That's it. All right. But we know war is a coming. Right? Absolutely. Okay, this uh, first article regarding Ezekiel 38 and 39 is from Israel Today. Russian troops fired on Israeli planes in Syria. This confirmed from the israeli defense minister yeah and this is the first time this ever happened by the way yes it's a couple of months ago but there's now kind of hitting the news with it we we, we touched Sharing on it briefly on yeah but now it came up again again russian troops stationed in syria lost anti-aircraft missiles at israeli air force fighter jets on a mission in syria a few months ago uh bidigan's confirmed today Spe- again i don't know if it was confirmed then or we just knew it then because we talked about it but speaking of channel 13 uh policy conference on tuesday gantz revealed that about two months ago a russian S-300 battery launched missiles at IEF planes in Syria, the first such incident. Now, again, this is why this is I like to repeating this again, because it gets back up in the news all of a sudden. And it does point out something I, I, I probably we probably talked about them, but I can't remember the identification when it happened then as being the first time it had ever happened. But that jumped out to me this time. This is the first time Russia has ever uh, fired on an Israeli jet. And again, we've been watching kind of the temperature change. Remember recently, last few weeks, we're watching this temperature change between Russia and Israel. And it's kind of like Russia was their friend, kind of, okay, do what you want, you know, whatever. Suddenly they're saying, wait a minute, maybe we don't like you doing that. Hey, we got troops here. Hey, maybe we're getting friendly with Syria. Now we're saying, hey, we don't want you doing this at all. And we'll, you know, we'll see more articles in a moment showing tensions between them. But now we're actually going to even fire one of your jets as it's leaving after a bombing mission. I mean, they're sending strong signals that we're not going to be your buddy on this forever. And again, 
again, the tensions rising leads to what we know eventually will be a war, but it's interesting to watch it happen. So this is a something to keep our eye on here. Again, the first time they've actually fired on a military a jet for Israel. And this dovetails into our next article from JNS.org as Russia Israel tensions heat up. Analysts are advising caution. Yeah, and what again, are, what kind of caution are they advising? Well, yeah, it's yeah. Well, let's read this. Even as Moscow threatens to force the dissolution of the Jewish agency operations, we talked about this last week again as well. Experts urge Jerusalem to resolve the issue through secret diplomacy based on common interests. In other words, let's go back to the politics and work this thing out, and not get in, a, in some kind of real confrontation with Russia. Russia-Israeli tensions have intensified in recent days. I would say even recent weeks, as Moscow appears primed to force the dissolution. And this is again where the real tensions have increased in the last few days of the Jewish agency for Israel operations in the country. Now. I'll come back to that. The Jewish community in Russia is deeply connected with Israel. Yeah, because we have a lot of Jews there. They're connected. Uh, said Lapid in a July 21 meeting with representatives from Israel's foreign ministry and National Security Council, we will continue to act through diplomatic channels so that the Jewish agency's important activity will not cease. So what is the Jewish agency doing? They're helping all the Jews leave Russia and come back to Israel for those who want to do so. They're helping them immigrate back, the Aliyah, bring them back to the land. So now Russia's saying, you know, we may just stop that and not allow you to bring your people back to the land. And not only that, a couple of months before this, we start, we fired our first missiles at you guys. So again, it's just this whole antagonism. It's like the neighbor you were friends with when they first moved in and somebody's dog keeps barking or the lights shine over. Next thing you know, you got this fight going on between neighbors. That's what's starting to happen now between Israel and Russia. And, um, and so exactly what the Bible said, we're going to see these tensions heat up and these things happen. So this doesn't shock us. But again, our job yeah. here as watchmen on the wall is to continue to point it out. Yeah, because uh, that's a huge headwind in terms of for the prophecy of Ezekiel when you start Absolutely. to see Russia more engaged. Yeah, you know, and so that brings up another question that comes to my mind, Pastor Mark. When we see this, um, you know, when Ezekiel talks about God will put hooks, yeah, in their jaws, right? They're in it, hooks in their jaw to turn them around, right? Do you think, for for everything that we've been chronicling, and really since the Syrian civil war began and Russia's involvement began down there in Syria, do you do you see the hooks are already there? Are they already turned around? It, you know, it's kind of hard to really pinpoint that. Yeah, it, it, have they it's, all, have they all, always been there? Was was because. Prior to the Syrian civil war, Russia wasn't even involved down there. Yeah, you're right. I, I kind of think that when it, in, in, conf, in in the reference there, context of Ezekiel 38 and 39, it looks like when the hooks are are set, that's when the battle's about to take place. I almost kind of see it mm. as a bunch of lures dangling in the water right now, but the hook hadn't been set. It's like you know, a Russia, big Russian carp swims by and kind of tastes up every yeah. so often. The the the, the float bobs Nips a little at bit, it, yeah. And maybe even in their mouth a little bit, you know, they fire a rocket, but they let it go. You know, nobody yanked on the wire, you know. And, but when when it's time to set those hooks, I think you'll see them in place. And I think okay. those hooks, are, the, all the things are being dropped in the water. More tension with you know Syria, uh, more tension with Israel because they're they're going along and helping Ukraine, mm. and all these little things are being these lures and supplying energy to neighbor states, right? And yeah. I think at some point you're going to see the Lord set that hook and Russia is going to be pulled into it and that's it they're going to go so uh but i think that i think the hooks have not been set yet to pull them but i think the hooks are pretty much all being placed in the water again like i said lines are being dropped in the water with floats and it's just a matter of time until they take the bait and god sets the hook yeah okay interesting yeah wow all right all right let's get into some one world economy news as signs of the times rolls on for friday august 5th 
Uh, this is uh, from Breitbart.com. Banks are using, quote-unquote, sneaky tactics yeah. in a drive towards a cashless society, which we kind of talked about Israel doing, and now we're looking at this at a broader scale. Yeah, again, you're, you're seeing basically what this article is going to say. They're trying to force people really into not using money. They, it's not done away with yet, but they're really trying to strongly encourage or make them. Uh, again, even like with the whole COVID thing, there was a lot of pressure to go along with the crowd. They're doing the same kind of thing here in the finances. Um, Ireland's Financial Services Union has accused banks in the country of employing sneaky Trojan horse tactics in service of doing away with physical cash in a document submitted to the Irish government. While the um, claims center around the actions of Irish banks, similar concerns have been raised in regards to push towards a cashless society internationally. Now, look at this. We just talked about the cashless thing happening. You see this, again, remember, guys, when you're looking at prophecy and signs of the times, it's worldwide. Now we've got Israel all of a sudden doing this. You've got now Ireland doing this. You've got other people doing this. And so there's a coordination. Is it a coordination between all these leaders actively coordinating together? Or is it simply Satan working through all these leaders actively coordinating? But you see an active coordination um, of this whole thing. Notice they're pushing toward a cashless society internationally with the infamous World Economic Forum in particular pushing the transaction or the transition. So the World Economic Forum is behind the scenes pushing for this cashless stuff, which may be what's going on with Israel, maybe what's going on with Ireland. And again, I believe it's going to be one of the main catalysts used by the Antichrist to get this whole world thing going together. According to a report on the document penned by the Irish Independent, the FSU accuses banks of intentionally understaffing branches. So you go in there, there's nobody to help you. You get frustrated, basically leave and use your credit card. Uh, Also, they're failing to repair cash ATMs in a responsible time frame. So you try to get money out, you can't. (laughs) And they're not answering the phone in an attempt to push people online. And again, they're saying this is so obvious and so much that they they recognize a real thing. They're getting involved politically. This is all to deny, I quote, this is all to deny people cash and drive them online. Group General Secretary John O'Connell, what a great Irish name, uh, reportedly told the publication, with the union head in particular describing the pandemic period as being a Trojan horse used to force people into digital platforms. Again, they, they openly say a crisis, don't let a crisis go to waste. Let's get our agenda across. Yeah. And push everybody in that direction. Um, but, you know, it's, it's interesting, Greg, when you watch all these things, these things are happening on a global scale in agreement with these, with these uh, leaders in these nations. Is it all just blind being led by the spirit of Satan, or do they know, and is somebody coordinating behind the scenes? I mean, this is interesting, very intriguing to me. Yeah, you know what's interesting? Uh, uh, this past weekend, uh, speaking with a lady who recently moved to this area from, I think, Washington State, and she commented on... How many churches were like there was a church on every corner? Yes, so to speak, you yes. know. And she just couldn't believe that because where she was from in Washington State, you know, churches were not that prevalent. We have almost as many homes. We've got almost as many banks in East <laughs> yeah. Tennessee. If you, if you, I mean, have you seen all the the, the different banks that have popped up and mm-hmm. the different names and the? Uh, I mean, it's amazing to me when I keep seeing this. Like, you want to know what they're doing with your money? They're they're constructing buildings yeah, with all of this stuff. Yeah. So I just think that's interesting in light of what you just described as going on in Ireland. Yeah. What what I don't know what I'm seeing here where we live. Yeah. Is the continuation of building more branches. And that yeah. kind of seems to go against you know like what 
That sounds like would be global. You know, what you're describing sounds like that would be a global effort. So why are they building all of these? Well, I I don't know. That's a good, that's a good thing to keep an eye on that. I don't know what the, 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 would be behind that, Greg, but when you look at the larger scale, I remember when COVID first started, and I'm sure all of our listeners will remember, suddenly people quit taking in some areas. They quit taking money and they quit taking coins. And the excuse was, well, we don't want to touch them because we may spread COVID. Oh, I know. know, COVID coin, whatever. Now it'll be monkeypox. Yeah. But then, but here's what happened. Then they start saying, well, we just have run out. We've run yeah. out of coins. I'm like, how do you run out of change? It's everywhere. Exactly. You know yes. I, mean? I know. Um, and so it's, it's, that started. Now it's getting more aggressive or on a larger scale happening internationally. And what I'm watching happen is there's a move now by the economic forum. They're making their move to become more worldwide relevant. They've been there for years. Yeah. 30, 40, 50 years yeah. they've been there. Started as the Club of Rome. This is the Club of Rome. If you may yes. have ever heard of that, it's just yes. evolved into this, which is interesting because Rome's going to be the revived Roman Empire. <laughs> but now they call themselves the World Economic Forum. It's not Forum. a coincidence. No, it's not. Yes. It's the same spirit, same yeah. entity, same root system. Now, yeah. so, but now they, they just recently, we read last week, remember, they now made this agreement with uh, the UN to start working closer ties worldwide with the UN. Now we see all these world leaders that have people they've trained up in all their cabinets. They're working toward, they're doing these things like in, in, in agreement. Worldwide, whether it be the farmers, whether it be now you see the cashless thing beginning to take place. I mean, and it's 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 kind of coming in, it's closing in on us rapidly from all sides. And this thing just overnight, you get the right guy to show up, Greg, and overnight, boom, it's done. All you need is one giant crisis to push it, which I think might be the Ezekiel 38 and 39 war. If that happens, and if there's a limited nuclear exchange somewhere, the world's going to be ready if somebody step in and kind of just calm things down. So, and, and you know, I'm, something else kind of sidetracked, but... We talk about the formulation of the world. I don't want our listeners to lose this. We don't have any articles on it today, so, but I want them to note this. The world's being broken up into two groups that are trying to rule it. You have the West and you have the East trying to rule the world. You've got right now Russia linking up with China um, and linking up with Iran and all this. And they're trying to put together right now Russia and China. They're putting together their own digital currency, their own world monetary system. They're putting together just right. moving forward without yeah. us. Whereas the West is doing the same thing, trying to flush out Russia and China and attacking them. And now we're being very America's very aggressive against not very aggressive, but this recent thing with China, kind of, you know, we're going to go into Taiwan regardless, and and then you've got this whole thing with Russia, but, you know, hey, everybody hate Russia because they're attacking Ukraine. You're seeing this being break it up into two teams, right? Now, if I had to guess, apart from the Bible, I would say the Russia-China team is going to win this. They're going to crush everybody else because they have the power and uh, the motive to do things that, you know, the West won't do. I mean, they would just start it and do it, right? The West is going to win. The West is going to somehow the West. We know Russia is going yeah. down because they're going to get taken down when they move into Israel. Right. I don't know what's going to happen. Iran's going to be taken down when they move into Israel of the three big three alliance. Yeah. China. We don't know. China's huge and they're there. But great. China is not. They're going to be somehow pushed back or subdued. The West wins this. The Bible tells us it's the revived Roman Empire, which is the West. So how this is going to happen, I don't know. Well, and then I think about Vladimir Putin and his health issues. You know, and Which he says now is a big lie. Have you heard him? No, is that what he said? They're says? saying oh. that if cancer, such foolish Westerners, oh. they make these things up. I'm perfect health. Look, my shirt is off. <laughs> Look at these pecs that they have. And I'm riding a horse better back, and I have better back, and we all are better back, and I'm going to just and, fight you. And but yet you. we're not building back better. That's right. That's right. But but again, he's saying that's just a big lie from the West. Who knows what you've okay. done or what to believe I anymore. Know. That was all in the news, though, that he was okay. sick and had cancer and all these things. But either uh, way. Either way. It's, if Honestly, if I stood back and look at this, China is taking the world over. They're buying America. They're buying all of our land up. They're buying other lands up. They're building all these missiles. They've got, they're, they're passing us up militarily. All these things are happening. And you see that you're thinking, China's going to take the world over. 
However, we know the Bible says, no, 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 no. The West is going to push back on these guys. They're, they're somehow yeah. going to be subdued. I don't know how. And the West is going to do this, and it's going to be the Antichrist leading it. So keep your eye on that. I know I got sidetracked, but yeah, that's all right. uh, th- that was a, yeah, just, I think, a good. huge shield. We're watching the world broken up in two groups, the world yeah. working together, and Satan is behind all of it running the show. This is our weekly review of Bible prophecy that we find in the world's news. These are the signs of the times on WIAM LP Knoxville for Friday, August 5th, 2022. And most weeks we get listener questions from the prophecy peeps out there, and we do appreciate those. And this time our question comes from Stephen, who enjoys Signs of the Times uh, just south of us in Greenback. And uh, Stephen's question is regarding the uh, reason for the thousand years. Yes. And uh, so he had uh, submitted uh, a refinement of that question, so we're going to try to give that to you, Pastor Mark. Great. He says, what do you think of the following explanation for Satan being bound during the thousand-year reign of Christ? And here is the explanation. During the millennial reign, people who received Christ after the rapture and did not die during the tribulation will still have their old bodies. Thus, they and their progeny will still have their sinful natures while Satan is bound. This makes the argument that evil is solely attributed to Satan a moot point, right? No one could say then, the devil made me do it. Right. Right, and there's a couple things. There's multiple things going on. Let me first address this. a great question, Stephen. Uh, Yes, you're exactly right. It's going to make the whole point. See, here's one of the things that I love about the millennial kingdom, and that is this. People always like to blame, you know, if it's not the devil— they blame their parents, they blame their upbringing, they blame the flat tire, <laughs> they blame whatever. As, yes. And the big thing today is just blame the Jews. I mean, that's just blame them for everything. Blame them for everything. Right. Yes. I mean, and I say that tongue-in-cheek, but people do it. But here's the bottom line. You're exactly right. And, and what this is going to prove is, what people, because a lot of the psychologists say today, a common psychology mindset is, well, if you're just raised in the right environment, mm. you'll turn out good. The right conditions. This proves that a total lie. This proves that totally false. For a thousand years, there will be a perfect, untainted environment where people will have Jesus Christ ruling in perfect righteousness, perfect justice, perfect peace, no no problems, no issues. Everything is great, okay? And people are still going to go bad and be sinful. And even at the end of the thousand years, are going to some of them are going to rebel against Jesus and the believers at the very end. I was like, you got to be kidding me! But they're going to rebel. And again, some people say, well, how could they see Jesus in person and still rebel? Well, they did it two thousand years ago. Well, how could the angels in heaven see that's God right. in His full glory that's and rebel? Right. That's right. That's right. So that doesn't hold yeah. you know water as yeah. far as as far as the decisional nature of 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 of. of created beings but anyway so yeah so you're going to have that exact thing it's going to prove that the environment or everything being perfect is not the problem it's the sinful heart of man it's just man's sinful heart there's nobody to blame but us we have a sinful heart i don't care how good the environment is i don't care what's going on it's not our environment it's not where we grew up it's not whether we were poor or had money or anything like that it is simply just how it's going to be now that's one one thing that's going to be shown but i want to add to this Stephen, and what you brought up because uh, another purpose of the thou- there's uh, the main purpose of the thousand year reign is God promised Jesus He would rule and reign on the earth. 
Isaiah chapter 9 said, you're going to rule and reign. I'm going to let you rule and reign. And then that's never happened. He said, the government will be upon your shoulder. Shoulders, well, that's yeah. not happened yet. So the government will be upon his shoulder. And then also another reason that Satan will be bound during that thousand year reign is God wants mankind to see what it would have been like in the Garden of Eden if we had just not fallen, if we had just followed him and believed, mm. because it's going to be a world without the temptation of Satan. It's going to be a world without the influence of Satan. It's going to be a world that's just kind of the way the Lord wanted it to be. And it will be restored when he like sets his foot on the yes, temple mount when he yes, comes back yes. uh, to begin the thousand-year reign. That's right. And yes. it's interesting because there, there will be some the, – the world as a whole will be restored. There will be some areas that won't be or that will be uh, still kind of under a curse and it won't rain, all that. He says, if there are nations that reject him and don't follow him or don't do what he says, like the way he's lined it out, they're going to suffer the consequences. Like, how in the world could a nation or people say, we're not going to, you know, he's going to rule with a rod of iron. They'll have to obey. But it's the difference in having to obey than obeying with a good heart. Mm-hmm. And he says, if they're not really doing it from their heart, I'm going to make them obey. But if they're not doing it with a good heart, he says, you're not going to have as much rain, as much as much blessing, as much whatever. You, you, the curse will kind of still be involved some degree in, in those areas. It's very intriguing when you look at the, the the last days. I was reading just in my reading, Greg, in Isaiah, finishing up the book of Isaiah. I was toward the end there in the last couple of chapters. And he talks about the fact, of course, the, the lion and the lamb will eat together in the field and all these other things will take place and the animals will be at peace and man will be at peace. And all of a sudden, a child that dies at 100 will be, will be considered dying young because people will be living the age of trees. Yes. You know, hundreds of yeah. years again, like they did before and all this. Yeah. And it's going to be an amazing, amazing time. I can't even yeah. imagine. It's kind of like a mixture of the world and heaven together. Yeah. Because it's not fully, it's not fully that totally clean environment yet. Cause you got sinners that are still there. You still got some curse that still takes place. You've got and people that are still dying when they get, cause they got in their old bodies, like Stephen was talking about here. Some will enter in that way. Um, and then it won't be till the new heaven and the new earth where there'll be no more death and no more sin and no more this and that. But the Lord is just showing once and for all, look, I've proven after a thousand years, the heart of man is desperately wicked. Who can know it? Yeah. Even if you have a great environment, even if you have a great leader, you are still bent on doing evil and you'll do evil regardless how good you have it. And you think about kids that grow up in these mansions and wealthy families, and they've got everything they could ever want. Sometimes, Greg, they're the most wicked kids out there. Why? Because they have all this money with a wicked heart and they go wicked. So it's not the environment or how good you have it. It is the heart of man, and uh, and 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 also will be protected from the temptation of Satan during that, which means yeah. you don't have to worry, put up with all that nonsense from he and the fallen angels. And at the same time, he'll prove, yes, it is the heart of man, um, and he'll get to rule for his thousand years. A lot of multiple things going on, but a great question that yeah. brought up a lot of topics I wanted to at least mention. Absolutely. And yeah. Stephen, thank Good you stuff. for that question. And if you've got a question like Stephen, then do what Stephen did. Download the Way Media app or visit thewaymedia.net and click on Signs of the Times, and you'll see where you can ask Pastor Mark your prophecy question. All right, let's get into some... Uh, growing anti-Semitism that we lovingly refer to as Jew hate because that's exactly what it is. That's right, that's right. Uh, This is from Israel 365 News. The South African foreign minister now wants Israel designated as an apartheid state. There's such a hatred toward Israel. Look, again, the Jews protect themselves as a people because everybody wants to kill them. Yeah. And so that's why they're doing it. 
And so it has nothing to do with apartheid. It has nothing to do with trying to be the only ones there and pushing everyone out and just having your... It's simply a matter of survival. Now, let me just... I, even before I read the article, I'm not sure. saying that the Jews aren't sinners. They are. Israel, they're sinners. They're rebugging to yeah. God right now. They need to repent. I don't agree with everything Israel does, but God said we're to stand with them because he has a future. They're his chosen, and we're to stand with them. And so you see the Satan standing against them and attacking them on a regular basis. You know, I'll just say this before you read the article. Not only do we see the increase of judgment... That yeah. the world is casting upon Israel. Yeah. Like if they do one thing, you know, whatever, sideways, they're right. after them. Or just because they're Jews, they hate them. That's right. Which is, that's right. okay. But, you know, when you think about our cancel culture, mm-hmm. that's all about judgment. That's yep. all about judging Absolutely. people for the wrongs, whether the wrongs are legitimate wrongs or not wrongs, whether it was last week or in the last 20 years, yeah. sometimes these people are reaching far back into people's lives and saying, see, they did this, yeah. so they need to be canceled. I can't help but think about the judgment these people are heaping up for themselves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're exactly right. When they stand before Jesus yeah. and he cancels. Well, saying that's a great point, Greg, because here's the bottom line. Every one of us are guilty of sin. Amazing. We are yes. loaded with sin. And if we, when we start pointing our finger at other people going, look at all your sins, we don't realize we're just we're convicting ourselves. You're exactly right. Yeah. And and this whole thing here where they're, they're calling Israel apartheid, um, you know, the, the very fact that they're hating the Jews by calling them apartheid <laughs> shows that they're the ones with an apartheid mindset. They're, they're turning against the Jews as if to push them out and, and not have them as a part of things. <laughs> South Africa's Minister of International Relations and cooperation, uh, Naledi Pandor, uh, says that Israel should be designated as an apartheid state, and on Monday called on the UN General Assembly to establish a committee to formally probe whether or not Israel meets the criteria for that designation. Uh, Pandor's remarks at the United Nations are the harshest toward Israel from any South African official thus far, even though South Africa generally adopts a pro-Palestinian, anti-Israel stance. Yeah, that's where they stand, so it's pretty clear. But again, this is just further hatred of the Jews, and the thing is, it's it makes no sense it is spiritual, it is ridiculous, and we're going to see more of it as we head into the last days. What do you think the ramifications would be if they're successful in doing that? What does that mean, that they wouldn't have trade between Israel and South Africa? How does uh, what, what does that am- amount to? <laughs> well, again, it would have massive... It's not going to happen, okay. one, because here's why. If the UN did it, it'd be said, the whole world would be saying, the UN nations... Israel is to be treated harshly by the rest of the world. They would be singled out. They don't need a resolution for that. They're doing it already. You're right. It's already happening. But it would be official, which means now you could boycott. Now you could officially, uh, you know, stop shipments. Now you could officially do all these things. And and so it's going to happen worldwide, Greg. Yeah. It's going to happen when the Antichrist yeah. comes in. So this is the Antichrist spirit trying to push it. But I don't think it'll happen now because you know this is almost like we're, we had like you know Talib and the Congress you know of, of U.S. and 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 AOC and all these people that hate Israel as well saying, well, let's you know they're also attacking them. Mm-hmm. Well, the rest of our, our our government, our Congress and Senate is not going to agree with them because then we as a nation would have to turn against them. So for the UN to accept this. It would have to be the nations of the world saying, we all agree we're going to turn against Israel. And while that will happen one day, yeah. Zechariah tells yeah, us that, yeah, yeah. I don't think we're there yet. But the headwinds, once again, yeah. of the storm that's coming. We're getting close. So, no, I don't think it'll happen. But, again, it just shows this is really what's happening underneath the surface. And what probably a lot more people besides just this South African official really want to do, including many in America leadership, yeah. American, but not going to happen yet, I don't think. Okay. All right, let's get into some pestilence, plagues, disasters, and corruption. 
Uh, all of which we can find in the state of California, by the way. Yeah, I don't know if you just knew go that there. or not. Just, just talk we about just that go there and, 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 and all of it. <laughs> Uh, this this I actually I, I found and, and sent to uh, Jim to add into our stack. Uh, this was actually from a YouTube video that um, they showed several uh, news outlets reporting on this. Right. Uh, and that is that the state of California now wants its citizens who get their water from their own wells yeah. to now Pay the state for using their own water. Unbelievable. You know. Um, you know. I, I'll read this, and yeah. then I've got some comments I sure want to make do. as well. Legend has <laughs> that's it why that, we're here. Yeah. This is. I like the way it starts. Legend has it that Jed Clampett was shooting at some food, <laughs> and up through the ground came a bubbling crude. And used to the Beverly's hillbillies transformed into instant millionaires to illustrate one of the oldest concepts in the Western world. That's yes. this. What's on your land belongs to you. The yes. idea predates the founding of America. If you find gold in your backyard, it's yours. California wants to change that. Yeah, possession is nine-tenths of the law, right? Yeah, and well, there's a lot of possession in California. Yeah. and say that demonic possession. Demonic a possession. source near San Diego has shared with California, the California Globe, a shocking letter that's quietly being delivered to owners of private wells. And I quote, California is marching toward a world where those with wells on their own property will be required to put a meter on them and pay the government writes the source, because in their world, the government owns everything, and we're just renters. Now, first of all, it's absurd. Um, it's just, this kind of stuff is maddening. Basically, the world's being taken over, and there's not really much we can do about it. We need to fight till the very end. But, Greg, it's interesting. Um, a lot of people make the argument that even today, we don't own our homes. Um, mm. They'll say, right now, you think you own your home. And I'll say our listeners right now, you think you own your home if you've paid it off. And even if you're making payments on it, you think you own it, especially if you paid it off. You say, I own it. They said, well, just try not paying your taxes. Yeah, don't pay your property tax. And they'll come take it from you. Yes, they will. That proves it's not really yours. Mm. It's really, it's really, it's not totally yours. You you paid for it, but they have the ultimate authority over it. Yes, if it was really yours, they couldn't come and take it away from you if you didn't pay your taxes. So it's an interesting argument. It may have just upset some people that I said that, but the reality is. But that is reality. The reality is we don't really fully own our property. We don't really fully own our vehicles or anything. I mean, because if they want to take them because we don't pay what they deem should be paid, they're going to take them, which proves it's not really fully ours. We paid for it, but it's not really fully ours. So now you've actually got them, Greg, saying, look, if you find something on your property, you've got to pay taxes on your water and your on your own property. I mean, that's that's one of the blessings of, 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 of the fact you paid for that property. You paid taxes to buy it, and now God bless you with your own water source. And they're coming and saying, well, we don't care what God did. We're taking it away. This is just the epitome of evil and wickedness. It's so wrong. It's stealing. Yeah. And, um, and you know, it's again, but the sad thing is it's going to get worse and worse in this area until the Lord comes back. The good news is he's going to come back and make all this right. And we can rejoice that that's going to be soon. But this kind of stuff is maddening. Yeah, I don't know if the uh, nomadic movement is still uh, on fire. I know over the last uh, five to ten years it was that where people, you know, with the tiny home movement, they would make tiny homes that were portable. Right. Basically on trailers that they could pull, you know, with their, their vehicles. Right. And that's that's their dwelling. That's their home. Yeah. And so really all they're doing is paying maybe for hookups at campsites mm-hmm. and things like that. But they don't have the property tax right. that they're paying right. and all of that. So I wonder if that. Things like that is not going to increase, especially in the state of California, if the state is going to be so overreaching like that. And we can't forget 
that when we we talk about the 2030 agenda from the World Economic Forum and right. uh, the Club of Rome, uh, that one of the disciples of Klaus Schwab, who leads the World Economic Forum, yeah. is the governor of California, Gavin yeah. Newsom. Yeah, that guy's so wicked. So when you see uh, these things happen in California, a lot of this stuff, I think, is lining up with the agenda. Yeah, uh, that the WEF has put forth to those people that are their disciples. And Absolutely. Newsom's one of them. And, you know, Greg, when we watch the move of the Antichrist coming in and yes. Satan taking the world over, you're going to see the areas that are the most um, um, connected to the world system. They're the first ones to lead the way. That's why you see all these things leading the way in California, yeah. leading the way in Washington State, in Oregon. You'll see certain European nations yeah. leading the way. Why? Because they're the most in tune with the Antichrist. They're in the most in tune with the spirit of Antichrist and what Satan is doing. Yeah. Satan is going to move in the ones he can move move in the easiest first and then he starts working on the the strongholds like the south or whatever the case might be and you begin to feel the walls close in um but you know i'm, I'm really kind of there's kind of almost a hunkering down of the south right now and people that are that are moving here that want to get away from that as long as they don't come and truly and change everything with their politics and that's a, a true honest concern um as long as that doesn't happen and enough of them come here that really want to get away from those politics because they see mm-hmm. how disastrous they are right then you're going to see a strengthening possibly a strengthening of the south and i still am holding out hope that we may get a reprieve here from the lord i don't know what god's timing is i'm ready for the lord to come back but if he doesn't come back soon it would be great to see a reprieve here where things kind of slow down and, tr- and get turned a little bit more put the brakes on, on some of this so yeah. progressive stuff so yeah. we don't go into prison quite as soon you yeah, know what I mean? e- either come back and get your church or you know or give us a reprieve. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah, exactly. And so we'll see what happens. I, I know this. I, I, every time I read, I read it again today in Isaiah, God continues to encourage his people in the midst of judgment. I read it again. Yeah. He said, it's going to be dark for the world. But he said, for you, my light will shine on you and my joy will be in your heart. Mm. There's this promise for the church that when God yeah. is judging and the, even the, the, uh, in nations that are being judged, there's a hope of peace and joy and promise from God that is very encouraging. And I'm glad God puts that in there because we as Christians could fall into despair as well. But yeah. I, God, I keep hearing God say, be encouraged. I'm going to be blessing you. Be encouraged. Uh, well, put your thumb in that verse, Pastor Mark, because we might read that at the end of the show just because I think we're going to have time to do that All today. Right. So I right. yeah. uh, don't want to lose sight of that as we get into our last articles here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As we look at the church. Uh, the first article uh, from the church comes from People Magazine or online at people.com. <laughs> Pope Francis says he may need to consider stepping aside. Yeah. Now, we've said for a long time we thought that Pope Francis could very well be, by his actions, right. by his words, yeah. he lines up, and he was lining up perfectly as what for what the Bible describes as the false prophet, yeah, part of the false trinity, right? We talked about how he came into power, how he, you know, he he came in because Benedict resigned, right? He he retired, right? And now this could be happening to Francis. Is Francis now paving the way for another pope? Which I think some in the Catholicism circles believe that francis is supposed to be the last guy yeah well i you know i've, I've always had my questions about this only because th- when i read about the antichrist and the and the false prophet they both are so sharp and so strong and so commanding and he's never been that to me he's never been that sharp or commanding he's always seemed like a weak pope to me and just kind of go along with the world and so but his uh, rhetoric has been in line his rhetoric is in line yes absolutely i agree 100 yeah. percent. but i haven't seen there hasn't been that presence about him yeah, that seems there's a spiritual backing yeah 
So, but either way, um, you know, it's interesting. You know, you a lot of people are they don't like him too. A lot of people don't like him because they say he's going too liberal. There's within the Catholic yes, community. I mean, Catholic community, first you yes. had you know eggs Benedict, and now you've got <laughs> now Pastor Mark eggs Francis. Um, a different dish that's that's being set aside here. But either way, after a six day visit to Canada, the 85 year old Pontiff told journalists that he may be one one day uh, he may one day step down from the Vatican's top job. He quotes, and I quote, it is not a catastrophe to change Pope. It's not taboo, Francis told journalists on the flight to Rome, uh, the BBC reported. The door to retiring is open. It is a normal option, he added, uh, reported on BBC. I think he's talking about getting an RV and just traveling the country. I'm kidding. Uh, but until today, <laughs> I've knocked, you until today, I've not knocked on that door. Looking back at the strenuous trip to North America, which he described as intense, uh, reported the BBC, Francis provided some context to his thoughts, and, and I quote, I don't think I can keep traveling with the same rhythm I used to at, at my age, and with the limitation of this knee, said Francis in reverence to the injury that has seen him using a wheelchair. Now, let me say a couple things. He was traveling intense? Yeah, well, that's, that's, prob- that's part of the problem. That's why he's he the needs RV. to go to hotels. That, no, that's why he's the RV. RVs, yes. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, but Greg, it's interesting. This Here's why, again, whether or not a pope is going to be that that false prophet or not, we'll see. Yeah, we don't know. But let me say this, and 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 certainly a, a pope is a good candidacy, a good candidate for that. Um, to me, when I see this, it's almost still like we talked last week: the restructuring of world leaders. Yes. All of a sudden, oh, yeah. you have maybe you had these other yeah. five since January that have yes. now been taken out with new leaders that Be are fitting in, in yes. more with the world's mindset of this yes. last days. Well, now all of a sudden, the pope may be getting moved out, and you would think, yeah, he's right in the mindset of the last days. Yeah, he is. But I don't see that commanding something that there's a there is a when you see somebody that has authority from a spiritual connection, whether it be demonic or whether it be from God, there is an authority there. There's a there's a greater weight to that person. Um, I look at uh, this Yuval Harari guy. He's evil and wicked as can be. He's he speaks straight the voice of Satan. But he has a commanding authority that the world leaders go to him. He's mm-hmm. got world leaders going to him saying, hey, what should I do? Hey, give me insight on yeah. this. So you don't see that with the Pope. The Pope is kind of like this this smiley, wicked, you know, guy that's wicked, that's just doing all kinds of horrible things and like teamed up. You know, it's just it's, just, it's yeah. all just you know what I'm saying political yeah. and yeah. yuck. Um, so either way, I, I I find it kind of a look at this. Re, keep watching the repositioning of world leaders. Now we see maybe America's president on the way out soon. Um, you know, I don't know how much longer President Biden can hold his office. I mean that. It's gotten it's getting so bad now and everybody recognizes He's only two it. years in. Yeah, and he's getting so bad cognitively. And this is not, you know, I'm not attacking the president or this is no political statement. I'm saying even the people that support him are recognizing and they're coming out yeah. saying they don't they're not gonna support him to run for president again. Right. Can he do it? They're saying, look, he can't do it. So even the left is recognizing he's at the end. I don't know that it'll make it two more years. So I don't know what that means. We'll find out. But again, his is an age issue. But still, when you watch the world environment shifting leaders, mm-hmm. it'll be interesting to see if he goes out, who comes in. Now, obviously, we think right now it would be Kamala Harris um, because she's the vice president. But I don't see her as being the candidate yeah. in two years from now. It's going to be somebody different. And that would be the person to watch as you see this repositioning of world leaders. Yeah. All right, our last article, Pastor Mark, comes from Christian Headlines. Religious liberty is under attack worldwide. This according to a Supreme Court justice. Yeah, this is interesting, Greg, because even his quotes were, these were made, uh, he, he said these things. In when Ro- did he say these? He, he said these things uh, July 29th in Rome. Oh, interesting. Isn't that interesting? Rome, which is going to be the leader of the world very soon. Hmm. 
U.S. Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito is warning that religious liberty is in peril around the world, partly because of the waning influence of religion itself. And I quote, it is hard to convince people that religious liberty is worth defending if they don't think that religion is a good thing that deserves protection. And that's true. Uh, Alito said last week at Notre Dame Religious Liberty Summit in Rome, the challenge for those who want to protect religious liberty in the United States and elsewhere is to convince people who are not religious that religious liberty is worth special protection. That will not be easy to do. You know, what he's saying is basically that, look, you, you may not feel religious yourself, mm-hmm. but if you remove religious liberty, everything falls apart in the whole world. It's to your best interest, even if you're not religious, yeah. it's to your best interest to keep. Yeah. That's his argument. That's I point. agree with yeah. it. His comments were reported by the Notre Dame School of Law, um, which was hosted the summit. Uh, and, and he said, if we look around the world today, we see that people of many different faiths face persecution because of religion. Alito said while mentioning Iraq, Nigeria, Egypt, and China. Religious liberty is under attack in many places because it is dangerous to those who want to, uh, who want to hold complete power. So if you have mm-hmm. Christianity or any other religion in place... It's the modern-day Pharisee. Yeah, they're going to bow to their God rather yeah. than bowing to the government, which is why the Antichrist wants everybody to think he's God, and then they'll bow to him. He gets both. He yes. gets a bowing to the government, and he gets a bowing to himself as God. Um, and he has complete power. It is also it also probably probably grows out of the something dark and deep in the human DNA. And, and I'll add this part at least until they change it. Um, but the, the tendency to distrust and dislike people who are not like ourselves. He said that's just built into us. So because uh, different religions do different things, we don't like them because they don't agree with us, and so we don't trust them and just let them fade to whatever. Yeah. Um, but he's making a great point. It'll be disastrous. And he's looking at it from a legal perspective of what it'll do to the world and the laws. Um, but the world's not looking at it that way. So I think a very yeah. astute observation. I think he's right on. Absolutely. Um, maybe you can. Yes, yes. Yes. And what a great way to to end the show here, because, again, I know a lot of you out there, you see what's happening in the world. And, and I myself, when I see this, you watch some of this stuff and it's very concerning. I mean. I mean, come on, look what's happening in the world. It's, it's like, you know, now we're talking about farmers and, um, you know, famines coming and all these things. Everything Is it going to affect us? So there's a lot of reasons not to get excited about the future. But I want you to remind you of something. Number one, the Lord said it's going to get darker toward the end. But before it gets totally dark for the believer, he's going to yank us out of here in the rapture of the church. And he gives a promise to Isaiah, which also goes to us about when God is sending a nation through dark times. This is what it says in Isaiah chapter 60. Again, this is what I was reading this morning. He says, arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord has risen upon you. Now, remember, the prophet's been pronouncing judgment on the nation. Also, he says, arise, shine, your light's come. Listen to what he says. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth. We see that happening now. And deep darkness covered the people. Mm. But the Lord will arise over you. The Gentiles shall come to your light. And kings to the brightness of your rising. Lift up your eyes all around and see. They will all gather and they'll come to you. Your sons shall come from afar. Your daughters like the nurse to your side. They shall see you and become radiant. And your heart will swell with joy. Because of the abundance of the sea has turned to you. The wealth of the Gentiles. Now he's talking specifically about the Jews in the last days, and the nation of Israel. But in other passages, if you go back and read through Isaiah, and there's several others, it's the same theme, and that is this, not specifically limited just to the Jews. When God brings judgment in, which is happening to our nation and around the world and the world as a whole very soon, he says, I'm going to do something. I'm going to protect my believers. My light will shine on them. It reminds me of, of the children of Israel when they were in Egypt. 
Egypt still came out of the plagues, but God protected them in that area. And I wonder if some of the repositioning of people, Greg, even to the south part of the United States of America, is not a protection of some of the future judgments that may fall even upon our nation. So we'll have to wait and see. Yeah. But I want to encourage you. The Lord has promised, even in the midst of judgment, if you love him, his light will shine on you. You will have peace. You will have joy. And I have that peace and joy, and I want you to have that peace and joy. And how do you get that? No other way but Jesus Christ. And if you don't know the Lord right now, listen, it's so easy. Right now where you are, you can simply turn to the Lord and cry out to him and say, Lord, I confess to you I'm guilty before your throne. I'm a sinner. I've broken your heart. I've broken your law. Please forgive me. I believe you died for me on the cross. And Lord, I receive you as Lord. The Bible says you'll be saved and you'll have that joy and that hope. Absolutely. Pastor Mark, by the way, is going through the book of Isaiah on Wednesday nights at Calvary Knoxville. We invite you to join us in person or online. Where to go? TheWayMedia.net or the WayMedia app. We stream it live right there. We encourage you to be a part of the verse-by-verse study of Isaiah. It is really illuminating and prophetic as well. And we hope to see you next Friday for more Signs of the Times right here on WIAM. Follow